Welcome to an all new episode of Get Lit with Leanna, the podcast. Join me as I sit down with a new guest author in each episode to discuss their books, careers, and everything in between. Today's episode is very, very fun because I'm joined by author Hannah Reynolds, who wrote the new holiday romance book, Eight Nights of Flirting. What makes this book so special is that unlike most of the holiday romances we're reading this year, this is actually a Hanukkah romance. And if you know me, you know that I'm an absolute lover of all Jewish romance books. So this was such a fun conversation. Hannah actually wrote a few other books under a pseudonym. So I had the best time getting to chat with her about her decision to write this book under her real name, why she loves writing love stories, the importance of telling Jewish stories, and of course, what she's working on next. So without further ado, my conversation with the very funny and very sweet Hannah Reynolds starts right now. Welcome, Hannah Reynolds, to the podcast. And happy Hanukkah, because if you're listening to this right now, we are like in the depths of Hanukkah. Hanukkah has started. I'm not sure what day it is because we're pre-recording, but I am so excited to have you here. Chag Sameach. How are you? <laughs> Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Happy Hanukkah. I hope everybody is eating lots of latkes while and, they're listening to this. And like jelly donuts, like all the sufganiyat in the world, please. Definitely. Because those are the best part of Hanukkah. So I'm so excited to have you here. When your publicist reached out to me, I had already known about your book. It was totally on my radar. And it was a book that I was going to be reading anyway in the holiday season because I'm a sucker. Like I'm the biggest mood reader of all time. And I love holiday romances. And only very recently in the last year, I'd say, have there been like more diverse options and other holidays other than Christmas that we could read about in these cold months here in Canada. So when she reached out and she was like, do you want to talk to Hannah? Do you want to talk about her new book? I was like, please, yes. So I'm so happy to have you here. But before we get into this book, I would love to know more about like your background as a writer and in particular, your experience writing under a pseudonym, like Alison Parr, right? Is the other name. So just like, tell me about your writing background and all of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, um, and I'm exactly the same way. I love me a good holiday romance, read so many of them. Um, but yeah, I started off, I started off, I wanted to write like fantasy novels, to be perfectly honest. Okay. So part, to be perfectly honest, to rewind it even further, I started off in like the days of fanfiction.net, if you remember that. And, of course, like, the yeah, glory days. But such a great time. Um, and I wrote stories on their sister site, fictionpress.net. And okay. the story I worked on the most was called, and then she met the president's son. And you will have <laughs> no idea what it's about. But I feel like that title is very intriguing. Yeah, yeah. it's what, exactly what you expect. It's a, a girl who lives in Boston, which is where I'm from. And I set my stories and um, she meets the president's son who is for some reason incognito. Who is to say why? But so that's like, I wrote that from when I was 14 to 16. And those were the kind of books that I read too. I read these like delightful, tropey romances about very normal, ordinary girls who just get absolutely everything they want. And they usually, they, they want a love story, but they also often want, you know, some sort of success in their lives mm-hmm. too. And so when I was a little bit older, I was maybe 22, I was querying a novel that I had written, which was like a superhero novel. (laughs) Um, I decided I should write something for fun for me. 
And again, I decided it would be about an ordinary nerdy girl, a bookish girl. And I love me an opposites attract romance. So I thought, what's, what's the opposite of a book girl, a sports boy. And I was like, what's the sport? It's football. And what's <laughs> the sport thing? The quarterback. I did not actually know anything. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then I, then I just wrote these books and I just got lucky. You know, a lot of it is luck and timing, um, with the publishing industry. And I happened to have written this book in 2012, 2013, when a new genre was emerging, which was the new adult genre. Um, and so I, there were a couple books that were really making it big at the time. Um, Colleen Hoover had just written her first book, I think. Yeah. Um, Tam, uh, let's see, Easy by, I'm, I'm going Tamara to- Tamara Weber. Tamara Weber. Um, yeah, so there were a few books like this coming out. And Harlequin had launched a digital arm called Karina Press. And so I sent it to them and they said, yes, we'll take it. Everyone Without else- Without an agent. Yeah, no agent. I didn't have an agent. I just sent it to them straight because I had talked to some agents and editors and they all said they didn't want to read books. No one would read a book about a 23-year-old. That was too young. You could write about teenagers or you could write about 28-year-olds. And I was like, 28 is old. (laughs) 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 Isn't that awful? It's so crazy crazy to think about. (laughs) So... So Karina was like, we will publish your experimental novel about a 23-year-old. And this book I had written, it's called Rush Me. um, And I had written to be about this girl who is Jewish because I wasn't writing it for anybody about me. And so I was just like, I'll write a book about me, sort of. (laughs) Falling in love with the first time. So that's basically where they started. I thought I was writing these books for fun. I was shocked that they were my first books that got published, but they did. And again, I was very lucky. I got a three book deal. Um, So I wrote them between 22 and 24. And yeah, it was, it was wild. In retrospect, I had zero idea what I was doing, um, but I was having a ton of fun doing it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So why did you decide to write those books under a different name? Mm. So I think that the prevailing wisdom at the time, time was that you wanted to make it clear what you were writing for your audience. And I always knew I wanted to write young adult fiction and perhaps, you know, adult fiction. And I knew I wanted those under my real name. And at the time people were saying, well, you can't also write romance under your real name because you will confuse the youths, which is now something I'm not sure I like buy into this anymore. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I agree. I do not, but yeah. Right, right. So, but at the time they were basically like, if you're writing romance, you want a pen name. And there were all these horror stories about people who wrote romance. And then they were also moms and their son's teacher Googled them and was like, oh my God, one of the parents in the PTA writes romance, you know, which, so I I think that, um, yeah. So, so that's why I sort of did that. And then the other wisdom that I heard was it was still a brick and mortar time. Um, most people discovered and found books in bookstores. And so you wanted to be shelved next to the biggest author in your genre. So the biggest sports romance author is Susan Elizabeth Phillips. And she writes sexy football romances. And I wanted to be shelved next to her. So that's why I picked the last name Parr. Uh, That's amazing. That's a crazy strategy. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, and then it turned out they, they, um, turns out that's not how people discover books anymore. <laughs> right. It was like, a really like, yeah, like quite the turning of the age for this to kind of all happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was wild. Wild time. So then what have you been writing since those three books? Like what's been happening mm-hmm. since that three book deal? Yeah. Then I burnt out hard. Mm-hmm. So it's something that happens. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So, so I sort of took a break and I wrote a passion project, which was a retelling of Queen Esther that I wrote for like five years. I know. No way. It. It Does this like, exist? Oh, well, no, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm just saying it to be me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was a bummer. So I signed with my agent for this book, um, really loved it. It was really fun. But unfortunately, um, we went out on submission. We sent it to all the houses and they said, we have too many, you know, revenge stories set in royal courts. And I was like, but what about mine? And they were like, no, thank you. (laughs) That's crazy. I've never, that's an insane, like unique idea. And I also feel like the story of Queen Esther, like, unless you're like Jewish and celebrate poor, I'm like, people don't know that story. Like, it's just like a, not a popular common told story. Mm Dang, I need you to revisit that. And like somehow I would love to read that first of all, but I also would love for somebody else, like a publishing house to give you some like Kesef there and help you get this out there. Thank you. Yeah, me too. It's so. <laughs> a crazy idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So then now kind of, I guess, fast forward to when did you start working on Eight Nights of Flirting? And in my research yeah, of my minimal research, because I really don't like to go into these things, like knowing lots about who I'm talking to, but sure. you have another book, the summer of lost letters is, yeah. are these books connected? Is Noah from that book in this, like, can you explain? Totally. Yes. So they okay. are connected, but they're connected standalones. So I grew up reading a lot of historical romance. So think like the Bridgerton books, right? Right. So In those books, you can hop into the book at any point in the series. Like the Bridgerton family has like eight kids named from A to H. And (laughs) it doesn't matter which book you start with, right? And so that's sort of my goal with this story too. So you can start with Eight Nights of Flirting, a total standalone. But the first one I wrote with Summer of Lost Letters, which is about a girl, Abby, who goes to Nantucket to find some some secrets from her family's past, as you do. <laughs> and a hot but broody boy who does not want her investigating said secrets. <laughs> and um, and he is part of, of a large clan um, that lives uh, on Nantucket. Um, and Eight Nights of Flirting is about his cousin, Shira. Yeah. Got you. So when did you start working on this story world? And then how did that go to publication? Like what the publishing house, like how did that whole... Yeah. Thing happened. Yeah, that was immediately after the Esther story. I just popped right into it. And I'm I'm from Boston. I grew up going to the Cape and I wanted to sort of write a really summary book that gave you the vibes that I grew up with. But one of the things that I think is really fascinating is class differences. And so I wanted to explore that. And I thought, where do you explore class differences in the Cape? You go to the islands. So you go to Nantucket, which um, has a lot of very wealthy families there. It has has a lot of other um, populations too, but that's the one that, you know, it's known for. But like, you know, 
there's there's a lot of people there. So, <laughs> um, so I put my girl there. And then what sort of grew out of that is I wanted to have this old storied family. And, you know, I, I wanted them to be Jewish. I had to figure out this whole wild invention of how do I get my Jewish family to Nancy yeah. in the 1840s, you know? Crazy. Um, it was crazy. So I did all this really fun research about how um, the first Jews in America came up to to New Amsterdam and to um, to Newport and Providence um, from um, Brazil, where they had gone fleeing the Spanish Inquisition. So they crazy. were crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they came up and they formed all these communities. And so then I said, all right. Like, like Newport, <laughs> I can get people from Newport to New Bedford. They have a lot of trading connections. New Bedford is where like the whaling industry was. Okay. And the whaling industry in New Bedford grew out of the whaling industry in on Nantucket. And so I sort of was able to invent a story of a family that had been in the state since the 1700s. Um, as there, there were plenty of Jewish families that had been. Yeah, and give them a, a reason to be on this island. Insane. Um, and then I tied in sort of with um, the the heroine story, which is much more similar to my own family's history of World War II and Holocaust survivors, and and not talking about stuff, which I think is is fairly common. Wow, 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 wow! And then that kind of led you to write this book. So when you signed your publishing deal, mm-hmm. was it like a two book deal? Was it more? Yeah. Was it just a what? Like what was the deal? Yeah, yeah, it was a two book deal for this. And then with um, yeah, so that was great. So they were really chill. They were like, "So what are you going to write next?" And I was like, "I'm going to write a Hanukkah rom com." And they're like, I can't. That "Sounds cool." So <laughs> good. Okay, so now for everybody that's listening that may not know what A Nights of Flirting is about, can you give like a brief synopsis of what this book is? Totally. So this is what I would call like sort of the the lessons in seduction trope, if you will. (laughs) Perfect. I don't know why I didn't have that in my life. Um, Why doesn't anybody, why like everybody should have this in their lives is really what I took away from this one. Yeah. (laughs) So it's about um, this girl. She's going home. She's going to Nantucket to her family's giant house for Hanukkah. And she's really, really bad at talking to boys and flirting, but she wants to get better. And she has a crush on a boy who's going to be there for the holidays. Um, it's her great uncle's assistant. And she's like, cool, this is the year I do it. Um, but she's really nervous. She doesn't know how she's going to get his attention. She just knows she wants to. Uh, she arrives a day earlier than everybody else does. And she ends up getting snowed in with her house as one does with the hot, but evil boy next door. (laughs) He's not really evil. She just has bad feelings. He's a playboy. She can't stand him, but she sort of thinks to herself, you know what, what do you do if you don't know how to do something? You hire an expert, you get a tutor, you learn how to do it. So she says to this guy, you know, I don't really trust you. You know, I think you're, you're, I'm not about what you're about, even though you're super hot, but <laughs> maybe we can make a deal. And part of the deal is that he will teach her how to flirt. So then the book is them just going through the holidays um, and they go sledding, they go ice skating. There's a lot of hot chocolate and holiday parties and he's teaching her how to flirt. And as that happens, she's sort of starting to realize that, 
oh, she's in liking hanging out with him and he's maybe starting to get jealous and they're starting to realize that the feelings that they're sort of like talking about and pretending are actually, actually getting real. Yes. Okay. So tell me why you chose to set this story around Hanukkah, because like, as I kind of mentioned in the intro, I love me a holiday romance. And up until very recently, it's been slim pickings. And honestly, it still is slim pickings. And I just like die for anything Jewish romance related. Like sign me up, like give me all of the books. Like I, it's my favorite thing in the world ever, ever, ever to read. So when I saw this book, I was like, okay, it's like young people, which I love. I love like YA and I, like, I love that. That's my niche. And it's like snowed in. It's like mm-hmm. practice to date, fake dating, however you want to call that trope. It's Hanukkah. Like, how yeah. did you decide that you wanted to do this story? Like, just like so nestled in Judaism. Yeah. So to be perfectly honest, I like grew up reading a lot of like Christmas romances. And yeah. I love this time of year. It's so festive. Again, I'm from New England. New England goes so hard on the season. I'm sure. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, maybe I'll write a Christmas romance. And I like tried to start one once or twice. And I didn't, you know what? You'll be shocked to hear this. <laughs> it didn't go so well. And I, I am an interfaith kid, so I'm quite familiar with Christmas. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel like I was writing about myself, you know? And I think for a while I was like, well, how can I write a story about Hanukkah? Hanukkah is such a minor holiday. I think uh, sometimes, you know, a decent amount of American Jews have like, there's all these feelings tangled up with it. For example, like my mother hated when our town would put up a huge menorah. She was like, who is this for? She's like, there's five of us. What's happening? You know, (laughs) and and she'd be like, why are we competing with Christmas? This holiday has nothing to do with Christmas, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so then I was like, can I, can I like write a story that has sort of the same vibe. And then I was like, you know what? That is what I want, you know? So I I love this time of year. I love the family stuff. I love all the activities. I love hanging out. So I was just like, I want to write the kind of story that like brings me so much joy and happiness and that I seek out, but I wanted it to feel like I was part of it. And that's Mm -hmm. of course the problem for, I think any marginalized group when all you see is the, the group that's in power. Um, yes. You just feel left out. You're sad. Yes. <laughs> you don't get to see yourself. And it's a huge bummer. So yeah. I was sort of just writing it for me, but also I was writing it for everybody else who is, you know, growing up now and a teenager now, because I don't want them to feel left out the way that I have yeah. felt left. I feel also like what you did so successfully with this book is like, yes, it's a Hanukkah romance and like it takes place during Hanukkah, but like, it's not that it's like so overly Jewish, you know, it's kind of just like the way that you read a regular holiday book where it takes place during Christmas. Like this takes place during Hanukkah. And it's not that you're like teaching valuable lessons about Judaism. Like that's not the point of this book. It's just nice to have like a different type of setting. Right. Yeah. And I think it's nice to like include it in like in like an intentional but an also a casual way like this is part of her life this is part of her family um but this this story I really just wanted to like center Jewish people right like I I wanted it to be like to exist in the world but it's not supposed to teach except by perhaps I think books teach empathy and I hope that perhaps people read this who maybe don't live in parts of the world where there's a lot of Jewish people. Um, yeah. But in general, I just, you know, I, I want people to, 
to anybody to get like swept up and be like, oh, I'm having so much fun. Yes. A hundred percent. And as a reader, that's totally how it comes off. And I love that it wasn't just a romance. Like there's this whole element of like mystery added to it. Like, tell me a bit more about like that storyline and kind of why that you wanted to include that in the story too, and make it more than just a holiday rom-com. Yeah. So I love, I love little mysteries going on in like the background. Of a yeah. Story. Um, I just think they're so fun. I love romantic tension. I think that's really important in a novel for me, for me to read. Um, I like that to be very strong all the way through. But I love to also have a secondary tension, especially if it is something that can sort of like bring the two characters together a little Mm. bit and that you can sort of like gives them something meaningful to bond over and to show their characteristics and things. Right. Oh, and I love history. You know, I studied archaeology in school. I'm just like love. into this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. So like I wanted to, there to be a little story in the background. Basically what happens is they arrive on the house the first night and they have been sent to decorate the house for Hanukkah. So they go up to <laughs> the attic and lo and behold, they trip over a loose floorboard and there is a box, a hidden box of old treasures. And so they fun. just decide, we've got to figure it figure out this deal and it sends them on sort of this quest all over the island to figure out what happened to one of Shira's ancestors on Nantucket and a shipwreck and a sort of forbidden love story if you will it's so Um, much fun how do you outline parts of stories that are like that that are like when you're writing kind of two different types of stories like what's the outline process like it's a mess yeah I'm sure Like I have a million different drafts at once going on. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll usually focus on, I'll just like write one section and then I'll go write the other. And then I'll make sure they're like sort of interspersed at the correct amount. Mm -hmm. But I, I will focus really hard on strengthening each one. So when I'm working on the romance, I'm thinking, is the romantic tension building in the the manner and at the pacing that it is supposed to. And then I will go focus is the mystery building in that way. Okay. And then I will go and I will make sure that they are interacting with each other in the correct way where they are, they are strengthening the other storylines because I often think that stories are like a braid a little bit, like all the lines individually are really good, but like if you braid them together, they're even stronger. Right. So, I know, love that. I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So me too. I really love that. I've never heard it put like that, but I love right. that. Um, yeah. So I think at the end of this, when you, you find out the, the secret behind the, um, the shipwreck and the sailor and the mm-hmm. love story, it sort of leads to Shira's own personal development too. Right. You know, it's something where she's like, Oh, that makes sense. Me too. Right. And I think that can just give a story like a little extra, you know. I completely agree. So speaking of the love story in this book, you play with so many tropes. When you set out to write this book, were you like, okay, these are the ones and we're starting with a Snowden situation? Like, tell me about the trope writing. Oh my God. I think I just love tropes. And yeah. so I'm just like, these are fun. So like the Snowden, like I, they almost come naturally. I just sort of like started writing this book. Yeah. Tyler actually shows up in the first book. Actually, so does Shira, though they don't interact at all. Dying. <laughs> so, That's amazing. So they're just like, they're having their little moments. And so when I was like, oh, I'm going to put these two together, then I'm like, how do you put people together? And I'm like, mm, 
she i also i love the trope of like somebody was in love with somebody and then something happened and it switches sort of so like yeah here's deal is that she had a huge crush on tyler who's this beautiful golden boy and then she told him when she was 14 that she loved him and he laughed because he was 16 and he was like you're a kid and it broke her heart yeah and so she spent the last couple of years being like no so i think for me like that, that's also a bit of a trope. But then I was yeah. like, well, it's winter. So why aren't they snowed in together? So yeah. I think we're like, we'll start with something fun and start writing it and then like let it, let it spiral. So fun. So what are you working on now next? Like, do you have books coming down the pipeline more in this story world? Like what's going on? Yeah. So I think this will um, probably be announced by the time the podcast comes Otherwise, out. Otherwise, get lit with Leanna has an exclusive. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. So, but yeah, there is, there's going to be a third book coming out um, set on Nantucket about Ethan, who is um, one of Shira's cousins. And so fun. Sort of, so it's told from the perspective of this girl whose father is on Nantucket every summer and he leaves her at home with her aunt and uncle. But this summer they're going away. So she has to go to Nantucket and she's very resentful. She doesn't want to go. And also she's angry because her father, a historian, has this assistant. And she feels like this assistant who she's never met is her father's replacement child. Um, so anyways, but she's like, whatever, I guess I have no choice. She's headed to Nantucket. Um, and she also decides she's not she's not going to hook up with anybody anymore. She's a very messy girl. She's very different than Shira. Okay. But then there's this really hot boy on the boat. So she's like, fine, maybe we'll just make out a little bit. <laughs> the summer hasn't started yet. And then, of course, she gets to Nantucket. And it turns out that he's her father's assistant. Oh, my God. So, that's next. So fun. Do you have any idea, yeah. like, timeline-wise, like, when we could get it into our hands? Like, is there a pub date? Any idea? We don't have an official date yet, but okay. I think it's actually going to be a bit. It might be summer 2024, which I know okay. is forever, but um, publishing is a, a slow I'm moving sure. beat. I'm know. sure. And how far are you like in the process? Like, are you, is the book finished? Like where, what's. Yeah, it's actually done. To be perfectly honest, I already wrote another book after that. <laughs> so Look at you. Look at so, you. Yeah. yeah. That's so, amazing. So we're, we're about to go into edits, which is so cool. fun. Amazing. Okay. Well, this was so much fun. Thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to chat with me. I, as I mentioned before, like I love talking to authors, especially authors that are writing Jewish stories. So this is a very special book. And I hope that everybody picks it up this holiday season, especially right now because it's Hanukkah. So like get into the mood. This is the time to read it. But this was so much fun. Thank you again for coming on and chatting with me. And I hope you have an amazing holiday. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This was great. Love chatting. And I agree. Happy holidays. I hope everyone has so much fun. Happy Hanukkah and just enjoy themselves. Yes. Everyone stay safe. Enjoy. Enjoy. And thank you again.